Hi guys and welcome back to another hashtag young black males mental health talks. So on today's episode I'm going to be talking about God chose you before the world was established. So I'm going to get straight into it today. So you are chosen by God to salvation from sin. God is a God of action who wants to do something with your life. And that is why he chose you. God has big plans for you. But it, it, but, it, but it's up to you to allow him to carry out these plans in your life. It isn't up to God. The righteous Job in the Old Testament said that God accomplishes the things he has decided to accomplish. And there are many such things. And that's in Job chapter 23 verse 14. God can give you a life more interesting than your wildest dreams. A life above the chaos of society and barriers. God did not choose you to just be saved by the skin of your teeth. He called you to be a partake of an extensive salvation from sin. And he would like to get started right now, today. Look after your election and give your whole heart to God. Pray for help to stop committing the sin that you are aware of and the the sins that plague you. And he will send his spirit which can help you to come further on the way that leads to being saved from sin. Because when his spirit... When he sends his spirit for you, and when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there are certain things of the world that it will no longer phase you. There are certain ways and habits that you're going to leave behind. And that's why the Bible tells us that you are, we are a new creation in Christ. Because when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit transforms you, your mindset, everything about you. You're a new creation and all your old ways and old habits have passed away. And God, you did not choose God. But God chose you. And when I decided to do a bit of um, research of like the definitions of a few things, um, a personal revelation and understanding I got was that God has like this appointed time or place that he decided beforehand, before we were even created, before we even knew ourselves. And he's designated a certain time and place where we will be able to operate in this calling of being chosen and he's equipped and furnished us for in a specific way all in our own personal and unique ways that some of us might not be aware of yet and you need to tap into it you need to seek first the kingdom of god that you should go and you should bear the fruit and when I looked up the definition of bear, bear is to carry the weight of, to support, to endure, to strongly dislike the opposition. I'm going to explain that in a minute. And old ways for you to give birth to something more. And what I understood from that definition, the few definitions I got is that you are more like bearing... I don't know how to put it. it. It's more than the... 
to bearing the fruit is more than just a responsibility with the fruit, more than just having the fruit. But the fruit yields positive results. It's a reward, results of hard work. And when you choose to act in accordance to the rules and commandments of God and his will and, and just obey him and dwell in him, you may go to God and ask him in his name and he will gift you whatever it is you're asking him. So that is the personal revelation I got. I'm not sure if I explained that properly. But um, one thing I do want to say before I continue um, to explain um this episode in more detail and give some practical advice is that um apologies about the background noise as usual um but yeah so continuing so a question that you might have right now is what is it even though i've given my own personal revelation what is it that god means in um you did not choose me but i chose you and that we should abide in him, the fruit should abide in him, and whatever you ask in the Father in his name, etc. And maybe another question you have is, how should you accomplish it? How should you go about accomplishing what it is God's asking you to do? And what end should be pursued? Fruit bearing, what is the fruit you are called to bear? Um, indeed, must you know, should you bear? Do you have to bear? What does it mean by bear? Like, you know, the practical tips, which I'm going to explain. And I think that fruit in this chapter is a broad term. And I believe, and what I've understood is that it embraces two things. So it embraces love for people and the conversion of sinners. So if you bear fruit, you love people and you win souls and people for Christ, for the body of Christ. And since the fruit is simply the outforming of what has passed through the branch from the vine, you should ask, what is it that I can receive from the vine? And Jesus' answer is simply love. Abiding in Jesus means abiding, abiding in his love according to verse 9. As a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in me is replaced by abide in my love. And this shows more specifically what we receive when we are united to the vine, namely the sap of divine love. And it stands to reason then that what we, what we receive from the vine flows through the branch and the crops out in the fruit of love for the nourishment and refreshment of other people. So, therefore, love is fulfilling the commands of Jesus. And fulfilling the commands of Jesus is at least part of what it means to bear fruit. Therefore, bearing fruit means loving other people. And something that's just come to me, going back to my own personal revelation is that if bearing the fruit is um, ultimately abiding in Jesus's love, abiding in him, um, bearing the fruit, the fruit represents the fruit of love and for the nourishment and refreshment of people and um, fulfilling Jesus's commandment, it's almost like 
we've been chosen. We've not, we've not chosen Jesus, but we've been chosen for an appointed time, um, in an appointed place and moment in our lives, beforehand, before time, before we even, you know, if, if before the world was even formed, we were designated and equipped, and equipped, equipped, I want to say equipped, but I'm going to say equipped, and furnished in a specific way, uniquely and personally and individually, that some of us haven't tapped into, so we're not aware of it yet. And so Jesus died for us because he loved us. And so we need to return back that same love to him by fulfilling his commandment of love. And so we have to almost carry this weight and this responsibility and endure the suffering just like Jesus as we do this work. And so bearing the fruit is not just yielding positive results, but it's holding on to this and carrying this weight and supporting and enduring this suffering and strongly disliking the opposition as we go about bearing the fruit and keeping in accordance to the Lord's will and plan and dwelling in him, in him so that when we do ask in the Lord's name, as we are seeking first his kingdom and his, and his will for our lives, all these other things as a chosen one like wealth, um, good health, prosperity, peace, is going to come on to us. So that's just a little thing that came to me um, that I just felt like I had to say. And so, um, yeah, so therefore, bearing fruit means loving other people. It means letting the love, which we constantly receive from Christ as we abide in him, flow through us and out to others for their benefit. And so the fruitfulness of obedient love and the fruitfulness of winning people to Christ are really not two different things but they are one and that is the aim of all your ministry those two things make up ultimately the body of christ they make up the kingdom of god so the second question that jesus answers here about fruit bearing is how can it be accomplished and the answer he gives and the word is repeated 10 times is abide in me and i in you keep yourself attached closely attached to the vine I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit from a, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And everything that you try to do will come to nothing unless you do it through a conscious, abiding dependence on the enablement of Christ. No matter what anybody says to you, and anything I say tonight as I do this podcast, I just want you to make it your aim for the rest of your lives, young black males, to discover in every, dis- discover in ever deep, discover an ever deepen, deeper experience of what it means to abide in Christ. What it means for you to abide in Christ and Christ to abide in you. What it means to bear much fruit. It is a secret of all fruitfulness. And there are several pointers in this verse and in this text that can help you discover what this means in practice. So in verse 7, where it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Abiding in Christ 
involves letting his words abide in us. Notice how these two things come together. The word abiding, abiding in you and effectual prayer. So here is the first and decisive line of battle for ministry and for Christians you, and for chosen ones. Because when, cho- when you are chosen by God, you are a divine one, you are a chosen one. So I want you all young black males to understand that you have been set apart. You're chosen, you're a chosen one, you're a divine one. You're not anything less. So start to assume this identity because as we go through, I want you to understand that you're chosen, you're divine. Nothing about you is less than that. Continue to abide in Christ and you will understand that. And so you must, you must resist everything that will pull you away from the rigorous study of God's word. And so daily hours of prayerful meditation allowing you allowing the word to sink in you and abiding you is a very good habit to get into so some practical tips if you're um listening i should um point that out is to resist everything whether you have to pray about it um or meditate on it you need to resist everything that will because distractions you will find that when you start to open your Bible and you start to pursue in abiding in Christ and, and, and understanding what it means to be chosen and understanding your calling and walking worthy of your calling, the enemy is going to send distractions and temptations like you have never seen before. And so you need to resist everything that will pull you away, everything that will come. You need to stay vigilant and woke and ready for them. You need to start pursuing in rigorous studying of god's word and spending daily hours minutes seconds of prayerful meditation allowing the word to sink in you and abide in you and this is good practice to abide in christ to allow him to abide in you because ultimately it works hand in hand once you abide in christ christ automatically abides in you And the inwardly abiding word is a truth of scripture, believe, cherished and rolled back and forth in the imagination until its implications spill over into your daily life as love, as joy, as peace and righteousness. So if you didn't understand that, I'll explain that again. As you continue to abide in his word, the truth of scripture, once you begin to believe the truth of scripture and cherish it and roll it back and forth in the imagination of your mind and allow it to really take over your mind and just take over your mind your body and your soul and allow its implications and its powers to spill over into your daily life and um, and it will start showing up it will start showing up as love it will start showing up as joy peace all these and it's not just the world's love joy and peace it's love joy and peace like you've never seen before because it's from the lord it's what it it will and righteousness and holiness that that your soul is screaming out for it will almost create a fulfillment within you right there in that moment the world will the word will not abide within you if you are in a hurry take your time another thing i want to say and this is also something that um yeah let me just get into it another thing i want to say is that even if you find that okay um i only have like if i'm going to be really real 15 to 20 minutes like like and that's a push a day to give to like the bible at the moment like you know um this and this is stressing me and 
I'm going through a lot, but this is the time I can dedicate. And um, in all honesty, it's the time I can only focus for like 10 minutes max. And God will work with that. Don't look at other pastors. Don't look at people and think, oh, they spend like six hours. And I see people on Instagram like saying they spend like f- like 16 hours a day studying. Like be realistic with yourself. Because if you don't be re- realistic, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to feel unworthy and you're going to feel like you're not doing enough. And no. God understands, he knows even before, so he understands, he knows before you've even come to him. And so if it's only 10 minutes you have, five minutes you have, God will work with that. You will see how he will work with that. And um, don't allow yourself to think you don't have time. If you feel like you don't have time, like you really feel like it, pray for restoration of time, wasted time that you need back. Pray that the Lord will help you to dedicate time to studying with him as well. Allow yourself to feel inconvenience even in the circumstance you're in. Allow yourself to feel inconvenience and study the word. And don't hurry the process. Do not despise small beginnings. The Bible tells us that. Enjoy them. These small, small and humble beginnings is what is going to what you're going to reap in the long term. The hurrying, the process where you're trying to hurry, you're not going to reap anything because anything you hurry has not been done well, has not been fought through. Many other people in the Bible, before, even though they were chosen, before they could even enter full-time into their ministry and their calling, they had to go through years like David before they could even, you know, enter onto the throne and become, and, you know, so don't hurry the process. And many pastors deceive members and themselves saying that they are too busy doing good things and then snatch a text and a prayer on the run and think that they will be mighty men of God and bear spiritual fruits. But that's a lie that I just want to just cast down right now from anyone's mind. It's a lie. So to be very specific so that you will you will remember it and understand what I'm saying is that almost no minister of the gospel will be a spiritually fruitful person if they're spending less than two hours a day in prayer and meditation in addition to their sermon preparation. And holy, powerful, life-changing spiritual men of God are not made on the run. There are so few people who believe that and that the expectations laid on you in the service will probably be a constant threat to your spiritual power and fruitfulness. But Christ has appointed you, yes, you, to go and bear fruit. So so resist today those expectations with boldness and courageousness. The Bible tells us that God did not give us a spirit of timidness, timidness or fear, but the spirit of boldness and to be courageous. And so you need to pick up that mantle and release those expectations and be bold and be courageous, pursuing in bearing fruit, pursuing in spreading the gospel and um, assuming this role of being a chosen one for the kingdom of God, a divine one who spreads a message of love and love in not just speaking about the bible but just in the way you carry yourself just choose to get up in the morning and just you know what let me journal 
make some affirmations from the Bible, from Bible verses and be positive and speak love to myself. Because if I love myself first, I can love others. Let me start getting up and being joyful and just being at peace and just train your mind, train yourself, using the word as well, especially, and just praying and all these small things that you practice, you will start seeing changes for yourself. But you just need to assume that this, like, almost, you need to assume this identity of being a chosen one. That you did not choose God, you did not choose God, but God chose you. You are a divine one. God doesn't see you as anything less. Forget what your mom tells you. Forget what that teacher told you. Leave that. Because you are now a new creation in Christ. You are a chosen one. You are divine. You are a divine one. And so one of the pointer towards the practical meaning of abiding in Christ is the parallel phrase in verse 9 where it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Christ presents love for me in his commitment to give me right now and forever everything that is good for me. And so, therefore, abiding in his love means constantly receiving as from his love, loving hand, all things are good for you. It means never doubting that he is good for you, but always resting in his kindness, always resting in his everlasting strength and this peace that he will give you beyond understanding. There is great freedom that in the ministry, when you're confident that every hospital room you enter, every every counselling session you con- you conduct, every um, court case you um, attend, every committee you attend, every pulpit into which you ascend is a place where the Lord of all loves you, every class you attend for school is a place where God loves you, that is and will do what is good for you. Believing that and acting on it is what means to abide, abide in the love of Christ. And if you do these things, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. You have to. Affirm it. And finally, um, and briefly, the end for which you seek to bear fruit is not just your own joy or the benefit for your people, of you, of your people, sorry. But it is that God, your Father, might be glorified Everything we do in our lives is to give God the glory. And so that's the first thing I want you to understand. Because when I understood that, my thinking changed. So I went from wanting to glorify myself in everything I did to wanting to give God the glory, looking for opportunities for his glory to take place. So, for example, um, whenever... So it was like... um, my driving test, a personal testimony. When I did my first driving test, I failed. I and my instructor was very self glorifying. He was very like, okay, you know, I feel like I really prepared you for this. I feel like I, 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 I. He was like that, and then um, he was just very. He was just um, yeah, just self glorifying to keep it simple, and I felt like I had driven well, but you know, I failed my test. Um, just to summarize. 
And I was very disappointed because I felt like I had put so much trust and faith in this one instructor and I felt like he had really built me up for this one moment in time where, you know, I could pass first time and celebrate and just um, give him all the praise and almost all the glory. But And then I went back the second time and then um, I passed. But I this, the second time I drove very silly. I made a lot of mistakes that I should have failed my test for. And it's almost like God blinded the eyes of the examiner. And I just knew God was there. I knew his glory was there because I prayed this time. That was a difference as well. I allowed God to have the glory. I said, God, all the glory to you as if I passed. I'm going to make sure this is a testimony for other people. I don't know how you're going to allow me to use it. And I can see I'm using it now. And um, I'm going to give you all the glory. All glory to God that I passed. And um, yeah. Um, so when you allow God's glory to take place in every single area of your life attached to you and connected to you, it will really make a difference to your life. And you will overcome a lot of things that you thought you couldn't. So, for example, if you go and take your test, um, your your exam, for example, maybe in school, you just say, oh, glory to you, God, because I know in your name that you're going to make me a test, testimony and a miracle. So I give you all the glory, God, that I've already passed. Or if you pass, you give God all the glory that you have passed, etc. So, um, verse 8 tells us that in this, my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Um, and so proved to my proved to be my disciples and so you want to glorify God and enjoy him forever God is committed by the very nature of his divine righteousness to always act on behalf of his glory he he will his will sorry is to display and magnify his glory to have his name lifted high throughout the earth and that brings us back to where we began you have not chosen me the lord is saying but i have chosen you the honor of christ is at stake in whether you whom he chose bear fruit but not only that his father is glorified when you bear much fruit and therefore his glory is at stake in the fruitfulness of your ministry because i want you to understand that you are holding within you I don't know why this is making me smile. A gift, a ministry, a business idea. You are holding it within you, like your soul, your body. You're holding it in your mind. And something that God has placed within you to do. But you're allowing the world to define you before you've even had a chance to unlock your potential and your your passion and who you really want to be. You're allowing what social media tells you that young black males are meant to be. No, you're not meant to be the next rapper. You know you're uh, that, um, glorifying yourself. No, you're not meant to be the next athlete glorifying yourself. You know you're not meant to be the next drug dealer. Certainly not. You, you're, some of you are inventors that are going to invent that should be inventing right now things that our society needs. You're a solution to a problem within our generation, and you're keeping that selfishly sorry to use that word within yourself. And you need to allow the Lord's glory to take place glory, glory, glory to take place within you and allow you to have a fruitful ministry and bear much fruit for the glory of God to shine throughout the earth and to really shake up the, the darkness within this evil world and allow his kingdom to be raised up, to allow heaven to ascend on earth. And 
You need to unlock it. You need to allow that ministry to come out of you, that business idea to come out of you. You need to unlock that creativity. You need to go before your, on your knees and you need to humbly go before God and repent and allow the Lord to save you and do his work through you. Just say glory, 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 glory. I just really pray that God's glory, glory, glory shines throughout you young black males in Jesus' name. I just really pray that his glory will enter you. I just pray that you will begin to allow fruitfulness of your ministry your business idea whatever it is um you're here for more than just chasing the back you're here to chase purpose you chase that purpose you allow fruitfulness of your ministry and your business idea or whatever it is and all these other things seeking first the kingdom wisdom i mean yeah wisdom wealth good health prosperity will be added onto you peace so much other things and therefore every day of your life and throughout all your ministry and throughout your life as a chosen one you can pray with tremendous confidence and you need to pray with tremendous confidence you need to pray with unshakable and unmovable and unweight and unshakable unmovable unchangeable faith I just pray that Lord that the Lord has mercy upon us all. I pray that He has mercy upon all of you young black males and He helps you. I pray that you allow His name to be honored and allow His glory to shine. So um yeah, so just you need to allow the God's um God's glory, just His glory. You need to speak his glory, his glory, his glory, his glory to prevail in your life. Let his will prevail. You need to say yes to the Lord and his will and be be obedient. And so you are God's people. You are God's chosen ones set apart from the world to, to be his chosen ones, to be his divine ones, to be his ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And you're simply chosen by God. You're chosen by God to be holy and blameless. And you're chosen to be God's treasured possession. Before the foundation of the world, Paul said this choosing occurred. God chose you before the foundation of the world. This tells us something critically important and this is why your election is not based on your actions you need to remove from your mind what the world tells you about you're only chosen you're only um you're you're only looked upon and noticed when you have status in order to be chosen based upon your actions based upon your status your position but not with god he already set you apart before he even put the foundation on the earth before he even drew out a plan for the earth before even Noah came along and all these other bible he didn't even set the foundation the very beginning of like time of earth and he already chose you and that means he didn't choose you whilst you're out here doing whatever actions he didn't know you're chosen you're chosen even now you're chosen i don't care who you've I, i don't I'm, I don't as not me but God doesn't care who you've offended he doesn't care what your past actions are he doesn't care what your present actions are 
all he knows is that he's chosen you you're a divine one you're his son he's adopted you and when you come to him he will make you a new creation in christ he will use all your imperfections don't get me wrong but he's not going to allow you to stay the same because when his glory enters into you when his glory prevails throughout your life when people see this testimony of this young black male that's gone from fighting maybe a court case from um fighting to be seen in school to be a successful businessman or to be a successful lawyer or doctor and even just be able to get the grades you want and they see now today this person up preaching a testimony and helping other people in a suit looking smart and tidy they're gonna they're, they're not gonna believe that that's the past you have because that's how god's glory works that's how god's grace works that's how his mercy works god will not allow you to be the same but he will not allow you to think that those past actions and imperfections, you know, are like um, are a mistake. He will work everything, every single detail in your life, an event in your life together for your good. He will. So don't don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like anything's a mistake. Everything happens for a reason. God chose us before he even established the worlds, the countries, the languages, before anything was ever made, before any human even walked the earth. God chose you in Christ. God, how can God choose us by our actions? Not only had we not, not only have you not even been created yet, you and I, but God would tell that there is no human, but God can, but therefore you can, and God can tell, and we can tell that there is no human who is righteous or holier than thy. This is a powerful mes- message. God chose us just like He chose Israel, and there is nothing inherent, inherently, I can't say that, good about you or I that deserves God's attention. Those who are in Christ cannot look at themselves and think there is any room for boasting. God did not choose you because you were moral or good or he needed you. This statement proclaims that majesty and goodness of God. That's a reason to give him glory. Before anyone was made, God decided that he was going to have people and specifically for this podcast, young black males that would be set apart for him, chosen and divine. Election means that the existence of the people of God can be explained only on the basis of God's character, plan, will, action and not on, the some, and not on some quality in the people who are chosen and who are divine. The initiative is always based on God's grace. Before the foundation of the world was laid, God had determined that all who believed on his son should be saved. So what does it mean to be chosen? I suggest to you that there is a very important answer that can be easily overlooked. The answer is found by looking to the scriptures to see how God elects. God chose people, the Israelites, to be his from the beginning. And this is how the scripture, the scriptures discuss choosing. We see it in De- Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 37, Isaiah chapter 14 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 20 verse 5 chosen but none but Joshua and Caleb made it 
So I will read with you a few of these passages, well, read for you a few of these passages so you can see how God describes his election. For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will again choose Israel and will set them in their own land. And sojourners will join them and will attach themselves to the house of Jacob. So that's Isaiah chapter 14 verse 1. Secondly, in Isaiah chapter 40, 41 verse 8 to 10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its father's corner, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you as my righteous right hand. And there is clearly a corporate dimension to God's election. God does not say that he is selecting one individual, but a whole body of people. All of you young black males that God calls the offspring of Abraham. God would have God would have compassion and choose to have people again, a new Israel. Isaiah pitches people from all over the world, joining themselves to this new body of people. It was God's intention to create for himself for himself people perfectly conformed to the likeness of his of his son. What is important to consider is that Israel's Israel's election had no direct bearing on their personal salvation. Was any person who was an Israelite saved from spiritual destruction simply because God chose chose them, had chosen them to belong to Israel? While the Jews thought yes, Jesus and the apostles taught the answer to be no. Paul carefully argued that not all of physical Israel belonged to the spiritual Israel who were in relationship with the father and that not all of Abraham's children were spiritual children of the father. Election did not negate the necessity for a heart response to that calling. And yet only two men, Joshua and Caleb, were granted access to the promised land and did not perish in that desert. The people were elected by God, but few showed themselves to be the offspring of Abraham. In the beginning, only the people who had the heritage of being Israelites had access. But even though Israel was elected by God, many of them were not truly God's people. And then God made a promise to open a door of access to the whole world to belong in relationship to him. As he is calling you today, all of you young black males throughout the world to belong in relationship to him. He's opening the doors of access for you to do so. But our election calls for us to continue in faith to the one who called us. So, dear young black males, I want you to understand right now that you are chosen to be holy and blameless. I hope so far you've been able to follow what I'm saying. And now I just want to kind of explain that you are chosen to be holy and blameless. So... Notice how this fits with what Paul goes on to teach. He does not end the sentence that he he just chose people. Notice that he chose you to be holy and blameless before him. God has not elected you to remain sinners. The process does not stop with election. God has not selected you to continue to sin. 
God has called you to be holy. Israel was called to be holy and blameless now that they are chosen. And therefore, the test of your election is the holiness of your lives, the righteous, righteousness of your, of, your, of your lives that you lead. You do not need to belong to the elect if you're not. You do not belong to the elect, sorry, if you are, if you are not living holy lives before him. And Paul, Apostle Paul, in a parallel text, makes the same point to the Colossians, saying, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his, de- by his death, in order to present your holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under earth under heaven sorry and of which I poor became a became a minister and 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10 to 11 also tells us that the apostle Peter said the same as well that um sorry that was a mistake saying that Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 also tells us that we need to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. Test yourselves or do not realise this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test. You have been called, elected and chosen to be holy and blameless before God. This happens by continually, firmly, continuing firmly in the faith and not shifting away from the gospel which called you. So let me summarise what I believe Paul is describing for you and for I as we put all these pieces of information together. God decided that he was going to have people that were distinct from the world. That's yourselves. He made that decision before the creation of the world that he would choose to have people that belong specifically to him, to his kingdom, his ambassadors. There was nothing you could do to initiate that calling. God decided before you were created to have you as a person, as a son of God, to belong to him. The purpose of your identity and your life as a chosen one is to be presented before him holy and blameless. You cannot boast in this because God decided to have people in spite of you, in spite of anyone anyone in this earth your actions simply are an affront to god not a cause for him to save you continuing in the faith and living differently from the actions of the world shows that you have been chosen by god and this is what made israel the true israel only when they acted according to god's will and separated themselves from the world where they recognize as they recognize themselves as people of god which I just really pray that you recognize yourselves and your identity as a divine one and a chosen one of God um, set apart for his specific purpose. And when they did not, 
as Romans chapter 2 verse 25 declares, they became just like the world and lost their privileges. You have the privilege of being blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have been called to the glorious relationship in Christ and have been given everything, everything you need for a spiritual life and reconciliation. You have been chosen by God to be holy and walk with him blameless. What will you do with your calling? What will you do with your purpose, your identity? What will you do as a chosen one? Do you know who you are? What will you do now you understand your identity? Will you live up to it or will you just listen to it and keep going back to your normal life? What a glorious picture to know that God has elected people to be his own. What will you do now that you know that God's glory is what you need? God's glory is a goal to shine throughout the earth. No person deserves this wonderful treatment by the Father. Will your heart respond to God's call to walk with him? Thank you for listening. And um, I really pray that um, this uh, message will really touch the heart of many young black males. And it will really be a powerful transformation for many of you in Jesus' mighty and everlasting name. Thank you for listening, guys.